0: So, I'm here with a special guest. We're going to talk about Paul's love of the World Cup being in Qatar. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds, yeah, really like. That and why Cristiano Ronaldo should be given a three-year contract extension at Man United.
0: Yeah, let's get him up front with Mason. Oh God, let's not go
1: there. <laughs> oh no, football is too, a dark you world. Went, you went too far, Ed.
0: Already, yeah, can't help myself. <laughs> oh, I, can't,
1: I can't believe I've been here. I've been back for thirty seconds. We've already gone too far. There's uh, no
0: controlling me apparently. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the the Apertura and the Clausera, right? The, yeah. So...
1: Oh well, there was, there was there was the first ever Clausera. Which United came second. I think we lost on goal difference, or maybe by a point to City.
0: Post lockdown, yeah. Yeah. This one's
1: not. This one's a bit further behind, isn't it? Arsenal have somehow won. the Arsenal have somehow won
0: the Abertura. Yeah, their first trophy in many years.
1: (laughs) Well, not that many years, right? They won the FA Cup like two seasons ago. Does that? It doesn't get. Does
0: the FA Cup still count as a major trophy? I mean, historically, yes, but no one actually takes it seriously until. quarterfinals or something
1: it'd feel real good to win it though wouldn't it it if, would if ten hogs mighty reds look if you win the feels... Peter john's
0: trophy this season i'm claiming that as a major
1: <laughs> trophy so uh, first of
0: all hello how are you hi yeah i'm oh, doing all right good doing all right I'm a little bit tired because i
1: stayed up to watch the cricket
0: I you do mighty ben stokes's army well, I guess it's Josh Butler's army.
1: Yeah, right? he's, he's a general. He's a foot soldier in Joss Butler's army. Joss Butler said about Ben Stokes' knock, if he was in the test team, he'd sack himself if he played that <laughs> knock in the test team. <laughs> Bit really slow good. going on
0: at less than 100 and over, less than 100 yeah. strike rate or something for most of the innings.
1: Yeah, but then yeah. he Ben stokes it and he, he even won he the did World did Cup. Eventually Ben stokes it. Do you think that's like in a set of precedent that England are going to win the stupid no. World Cup?
0: I don't. I, th- I think although England are overstocked with forwards and attack- attacking players and exciting players, Gareth Southgate is going to Gareth Southgate it. Mm. And, and this time he's just a bit thin in midfield. So like so, Rice is going to play alongside presumably Phillips or Bellingham. I mean, Bellingham it's... like deserves it on form, but he likes Phillips, doesn't he? He likes to protect because the back three slash five is a bit dodgy.
1: The back three—is he going to play Harry Maguire? Is he going to start Harry Maguire? I think he is. That's wild, isn't it? Like, it's—I mean, so I've been watching United sort of from afar, really. Like, yeah, the not definitely not on the kind of every game, come what may, grind or joy, you know, depending on your <laughs> depending like, on like your on yeah, days. it's been better this season, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I have definitely watched a lot more. Ten Hag United than I did Ranyak United, where I think like I don't think I got 90 minutes of Ranix United under me belt, to be honest. But ten I've watched a few games. I today I watched a lot of the second I was at my mum's, but I had it on my phone and like Ten Hag's made some big cause. You know, it's interesting because I wonder if you do it if I was doing this week to week, you'd almost be like maybe a bit more impatient for progress or whatever. But seeing it kind of zoomed out, it's like this basically kind of hardly could be going better, really. I mean, obviously, like there could be we could United could have more points and have scored more goals and all those things. But given his starting point, I don't I think any kind of realistic take on the window is that of course it could be better if we were a brilliantly run club, but considering what we are. Yeah, some unbelievable window, really. C- clearly, clearly, I think
0: it's there's progress. I mean, you, you can forgive him for losing at Brighton on the opening day, yeah, because right, because the Brentford game was weird, and I think he lost. He he learned a lot about some of his players from that one. Although, um, well, we had a we had a little sniff of what was going to go wrong with some things, and then hammered by City. That's three of the losses of the four losses, uh, and he's. Uh, so there have been steps backwards but there have been a lot of steps forwards he understands what he wants from his team clearly like there's no doubt about what kind of style and system he wants to play he wants united to be a heavy possession dominant team they're not quite there but that's what he wants he probably doesn't want them to be as open as they are like really open today i mean fulham had few yeah. good chances so. so you know where he's going with it there's some clearly some things like Probably the fullbacks he'd like to upgrade. Probably he wants a extra person in midfield so he has a different dimension other than it being Ericsson and Casemiro every time. Mm. And and very, very much needs a number nine.
1: Yeah. Well yeah. I, or or some miracle to happen to Martial's long-term fitness, right? Because Well, he no... managed to
0: get himself fit for the World Cup, didn't he? He's just not <laughs> good. in the squad.
1: Yeah. But hopefully that's good for United, right? Like obviously I'm sad. Although, not that sad, because this World Cup is just non-canonical. Like, this is not a real World Cup. It's just not a real... It's in the middle of the European season, and I'm going to be... like, Maybe this is just crazy Eurocentricity, but given that it has never, ever been before, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say this is a weird World Cup. I mean, this is a World Cup where the country hosting it is faking fan... Just as far as we can see I,
0: I mean, I, mean I, I was impressed with the diversity of the England crowd it's unusual
1: Uh, (laughs) well they didn't look that diverse to be fair it looked quite (laughs) well yes quite quite specifically
0: (laughs) southeast asian yes yeah there was some pushback to this narrative that isn't it okay for fans from around the world to pick their teams yes absolutely it is it's just thing that all these fans from all these teams have all suddenly gathered spontaneously and organically together in the same place with all their flags and their to have shirts have their photos taken to have their photos taken yes so yeah. i think the backdrop is the thing that's important here the visuals
1: like, Sorry, I was trying to talk about United rather than how grim the World Cup is, but I'm sure it's going to be sprinkled in. Just back for some. I've come back for some extreme left wing politics to ruin the podcast. <laughs> I feel like anyone who thinks that talking about the negativities of this World Cup is extreme left wing politics really needs to have a good look at themselves. But anyway.
0: Especially Gianni and yes. Yeah. Oh, that letter. Just
1: unbelievable. I mean, uh, this, is... this,
0: will, this pod will probably be out before the. The pod I did with Amnesty, but right. I, May Ramanas who I spoke to at Amnesty I was quite angry about that letter. I mean, as you I, can imagine.
1: It it it's the kind of thing that it's. Akala talks about this. Right? He talks about the kind of the the awful stuff happening in really plain sight, being almost a kind of deliberate tactic to dishearten people. You know, like it's just it's just there's this. The the corruption happening out in the open and the this this World Cup, but like the next one's gonna be held in America, not a country with a particularly good human rights record. Right. But so this is this isn't the last one was in Russia. But but these two World Cups that the the I mean they were like, let's have the draw for both of them at the same time. Oh Qatar twenty twenty two, okay, bye! Like and then the FBI follow them into the room and they run out the other side with like money falling out of bags you know like it's it's so but anyway to come back to there there,
0: there was a good series that's done by a political podcast called well a political podcast group called crooked media who did a series with the guy from men in blazers and one of their one of their global politics sort of policy wonk nerds that does a a global policy and and international relations podcast so they they did one together it's a nice kind of mashup where they're talking about the issues with the 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 massive bribery that happened and them literally having a hotel room where it was kind of known you go up there for your presents and walk out with bags of cash rolexes jewelry diamonds whatever the hell you wanted sort of right.
1: thing. nice work if you can get it right that's so to come back to the thing i was trying to say about Ten Hag that that City game is really interesting I thought because I mean United weren't very good in that game but that just that just felt like a golfing class game and actually it's like scored a couple of goals at the end like this was it wasn't a good performance but it wasn't like a reversion to that Brentford Brighton stuff and then and in a way that that Brentford Brighton thing felt like something we've almost wondered, we wondered over all those years whether some managers were doing, of like giving players enough rope to hang themselves. And they kind of like, he made some very big changes, which he's mostly stuck to uh, since that. Sure. And it became very clear that certain, let's just call them certain senior players in the side, their position in the side became extremely, way less certain after that. He, he, Put a rocket up shore's backside which has paid
0: dividends, significant yeah, dividends
1: yeah. again because somehow Luke Shaw is good again. Cause they just all all they have to do is just every summer just sign a new left back. No, no, <laughs> Luke, We're coming for you. Oh, okay, I'll be good, I promise.
0: It's up, isn't it, in a, a year and a bit. So yeah, playing for a new one.
1: So maybe uh, we've got a year and a bit of good Luke Shaw. Uh,
0: we'll see. But I I think, yeah, your point that 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 was a transitional moment, clearly, I mean, that's the point that Casemiro came into the side after that. He didn't pick Casemiro for that game. United were too open and got ripped apart Mm. by the the best team in the league at doing that, perhaps in the world at doing that, taking advantage of weaknesses. And and he used that as a point to, to change United and change his system and the personnel. And I think he's very clear about what he wants doesn't look back I mean he played Ronaldo a lot recently but I think a lot of that was to do with injuries after Ronaldo's shenanigans yeah so third shenanigans of the season so not turning up for pre-season training sulking publicly faking injuries and and leaving the ground early the second time he's done that so anyway just just
1: like it's all right in a friend refusing to come on as a sub like I've do I have felt quite vindicated for a lot of this season looking on going see see told you was a wrong like, uh, he was wronging like he is in the indeed sense to be yeah. clear
0: and, and depending on which deposition you believe may, maybe in a moral sense too
1: yeah sure uh, but that just the 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 overwhelming evidence at this point that everyone except for a certain kind of extremist on the internet can see is that his time's passed. And he was an unbelievable, unbelievable player. And maybe, you know, Messi had a rough season last season and he looks like the best player in the world again this season. So maybe Ronaldo's got one more dance in him somewhere. But it doesn't... I mean, I guess we wouldn't have said last season that Messi is going to come back to that level of form and he has... But, you know, Ronaldo's got a couple of years on him, hasn't he? So.
0: Sure, but different different manager and different system, and they're using him in a slightly different way, Messi. Oh, I mean, I mean so. somewhere
1: else, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean somewhere else. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, well, I think Ronaldo, the physical attributes don't allow him to be the player he wants to be, and he doesn't appear to have been prepared to adapt again which is what he did slightly earlier in his career to become that forward that pure striker and he needs to he needs to be something different again if he wants to play another couple of seasons
1: what do you uh, think, what, what do you think that
0: could be well just just playing between the the lines of the the box i think i mean he can right. he keeps he keeps coming deep but he can't do that and get into the right positions unless he's cuz he hasn't got the passing range to be something else i don't think he could like going to midfield or something like that he hasn't got the engine for that either so no i think i think that's it or or he needs to go play off in a pointless league and just make tons of money but he decided not to do that when he he was given the opportunity this summer
1: you wonder what on earth is going to happen in january because i mean i wonder whether some of it depends on the world cup and if he has a spectacular world cup he might feel kind of sated or whatever but the there's you I just don't understand why he would stay at United rather than like, cause he's going to take a hit to his ego if he stays at United, right? Like he's going to mm-hmm. be on the bench most of the time. He's not going to be considered super important to the team. I guess he'll still be given that kind of level of hero worship by the crowd quite a lot of the time, but you know, just, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like would go to Lisbon or, do something do something else that seems more fun than this because it, it can't be a lot of fun to be him at this in this situation
0: yeah but he could accept that role as being that that impact player off the bench mm. when United need it but he doesn't seem to want to do that His his ego is not prepared to accept that just yeah. yet or yeah. maybe ever yeah uh, um, I, I was 100% sure he would not be fit for today's game like, not, not fit in air quotes on a podcast because that really works, doesn't <laughs> it? But yeah, uh, 100%. Like, zero chance he was ever going to play in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Portugal got a game in midweek. I think they've got a warm up game and then they play early next week. So, right. of, co- of course, he wasn't going to, I mean, it's mental, isn't it? So, oh, every crazy. single player who's going to the World Cup must be thinking. I mean, I was thinking as Marcus Rashford came down on his shoulder today, oh, like right.
1: Madison yesterday, especially yeah. for a player who's struggled so hard, like who just didn't look like he was going to get in the squad and all those things. And he's...
0: it doesn't even have to be a serious injury; just the kind of minor muscle tweak that takes a couple of weeks to heal. That's it. Yeah. You're out of the World Cup.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, oh, just frightening. Although it's a non-canonical World Cup, I'm sure it doesn't feel like that to the players because not the players' fault, right? Like they're they're no, it's what, not their fault. One World no. Cup out of like four if you're a freak of nature and one of the best players like people don't get if you get three world cups that's unreal you know that's so yeah so the the thing that i've really noticed from watching united this season is how much better we look when uh definitely three of the summer's signings are playing so martinez casemiro and ericsson they they all look like Man United players to me. Like that's, yeah. that's reductive, but that's what it feels like.
0: Well oh, and er, er, er Ericsson it's interesting because he's he's a very good player and he's fitted into the side at number eight, which I don't think we expected him to do. It's not uh-huh. really where he's played any of his career. The the only thing I'd say is he United yeah, are a little bit open when he's in there. So we we're still not that possession side that'll really, really dominate possession and you could accept that like City so yeah. we still have players who Eroson partially but definitely Bruno who take risks with the ball that you wouldn't do if you want to be that possession side <laughs> and and so Casemiro can't cover all of it and and so he the, covers I, a I'm lot not, though he covers a lot he, co- he definitely covers a lot but not <laughs> yeah. all of it he's definitely covering more than Fred and McTominay
1: <laughs> put, <for> together. Sure. <laughs> yeah. put together
0: yeah so I, the balance question is still there but it's still it's still so much better, just leaps and leaps and bounds. And and the other thing, I like Anthony as well. I know he hasn't. Right. he scored what a couple of goals, and he's one of those players. That it doesn't always work out, and he's not dribbling as much as he used to do at IX. Say where he was doing twelve take ons a game on average, which is <laughs>
1: that's a lot. And it it's it really is a lot. A lot.
0: He yeah. really is a lot. He's not doing that. He's playing a bit more safe and that may be the environment maybe what is expected of him in this united team that isn't having 70% of the possession. But I like his I like his aggression and his intensity levels uh, and he does the defending piece as well. So yeah. it's not like he's a Brazilian cliche who is all tricks and 360 and 720 spins and all of that kind of stuff. He he also wants to do the defending bit.
1: But what I really like is he does the 360 spin when no one's near him. Like, that is that, yeah, thing, for no reason. that yeah. thing is so funny to me. Like, I, when when pundits were getting upset about that, it was really a kind of pivotal culture war moment, right? Where it's like, isn't, like, isn't... What about joy? <laughs> what yeah, about, what about what, fun? What it's about entertainment. Just, yeah, it's just like, this guy just did a 360 spin. It kind of almost worked as well. Because everyone, I mean, it is like, is a sort of logical evolution of the step-over, right? Because all a step-over is, from a functional sense, is it's designed to sell the defender that you're going to do something with the ball and instead yeah. you step over the ball. Well, he's... And and kind of in theory, you're kind of frying their ability to... Like, you're frying people's reaction circuits slightly, right? By doing good step-overs. Sure. Uh, surely, like, if suddenly someone just starts spinning around with the ball, a defender's going to go like, What's, have i missed something is, is there a ghost is what why is this happening
0: and it and it very ne- it very nearly worked out because he, he bought time for the run and he just didn't execute the pass so, yeah, yeah it, it was interesting because you could pick out the culture warriors beforehand like if, if if without even seeing anything was savage gonna say something yes was whoever whatever that twat on on talk was gonna say something absolutely Pick one of them, but yeah. but Jamie O'Hara or whatever was soonest going to say something. I'm sure he did. I didn't even bother Scalzi. looking out for it. Scolzy. yeah. Sadly, he's on. The, he's right on the border, isn't he? Was, yeah, yeah. So it's yes. I, I I was definitely on the side of fun. Yeah, and f- uh, football is about fun, and he brings some fun. Anyway, the wider point was that I think he's actually, without all the end product, has added a lot to the team. I guess, I guess the one disappointment this season, from a player perspective on this, a few disappointments, but the one I thought might move forward is Jaden Sancho, who, who really hasn't, unfortunately. I mean, if you look at the, just look at the data, he's second behind Bruno in like all the creative metrics because he is like a wide number 10, basically. Yeah. Scores goals, makes goals, but the intensity
1: level... Just feels, just doesn't feel right, does it? It's so strange because it it felt like even when when we signed him, that felt a nailed-on successful transfer. Yeah, yeah, and it looked I was like, certain of it. Yeah, it looked like it was plugging a gap. Right, he was going to play on the right, and then United would have link-up play on the which they kind of have under Anthony with, Ant- not under, with Anthony there now, but but so Sanchez has just been playing on the left again the whole time, and. I don't know, like, how many really good games has he had for United? Is it is it five? Yeah, like not that, many. It's it's so shocking because cause I think that you get this you get this, don't you? Like you got it with Pogba, people just like, oh, this guy is rubbish, and like he's he's obviously not rubbish. He's he was so good at Dortmund, and he 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 served a very specific, very useful function at Dortmund, right? Like I remember the amount of conversation we had where you were saying, I don't think this guy's going to come in and spam crosses into the box. This is going to be link up play and a lot of his assists were final, like very high chance creation final passes. I guess a, a lot to Haaland because clearly that makes a difference. And it does yep. look, look, look to, again, to use the Pogba comparison, which I think is mostly true about Pogba as well. He just doesn't have the pieces alongside it. Like Sancho really, really clearly struggles Without the midfielder coming to provide the support that he needs, even a player like Bruno, like what's really interesting is to me Sancho and Eriksen, That really makes sense. You can see how their games would make sense together. Sancho, Eriksen, Martial, that's those players can all work together. But Bruno is Sancho's doing a give and go to Bruno, and he's like instead Bruno's looked up and tried to chip the keeper from forty five yards. So there's a, there's a sort of stylistic lack of fit somewhere, but you'd think you'd think they'd fit together. Yeah. Well, I mean almost you'd think that that Ten Hag would like Sancho because he's neat and tidy. But actually what's happened a lot, I mean, from what I've seen is a lot of United's good football has been volleyball, basically. Like it's slightly more elaborate, slightly better players volleyball, where actually it's a transition where United look really dangerous and Ten Hag sure. somehow I, I quite like how He's got a plan, but he's clearly not being tactically inflexible or kind of philosophically inflexible in a kind of Van Hal way or whatever.
0: No, I think that's right. I mean, he did complain the other day when they were putting banging crosses in all the time in the defeat to Villa in the league. He was asked about it and said, no, I I told them not to do that. And they kept on doing it. Yeah, Carl
1: Carl asked him and he said it it was stupid. (laughs) It's really good.
0: Yes, he, he does. It still have this. He's warmed up a little bit in the, in the media stuff, but he's still straight to the point. He's got that kind of Dutch thing about him. Yeah. Not quite as straight to the point as Louis. Louis, Louis I don't know whether you saw one of his pre World Cup press conferences this week. Was like, yes, we're very good. We could win the World Cup. So okay, just you know, keep everyone in check, Louis. You know? it's like, yeah, the it's like the the two teams. Like, let's be cliched for a second here. Like, bouncing to the World Cup. Who are the two guys? two sets of lads who might pull out the circular firing squad france and holland france and holland you're expecting one of them to start shooting each other and they haven't done they all seem very very harmonious
1: yeah i wonder whether france would be the favorites for that this time around because it's they won the last world cup which they hadn't done the previous time they did this but they had got to the final and Mm. it's definitely been some stuff going on with some French players, let's say, not just historically, but recently, it would seem. And
0: no, no, Paul Pogba in France squad, there still got that knee problem. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back, back to back to Ten Hag. I mean, look, I think so. The the media stuff, I think he's good with that. His English is good enough. He gets his point across. He's clearly very, very straight with the players. Yeah. He's, yeah, and he clearly knows what he wants out of them, and he's just not quite getting it there yet. He's had what, a 15, 15-league 15 game, 14-league game, six in the Europa League an EFL Cup game. So that's 20, 21, 21 actual competitive games plus pre-season. So it's still not even half a season, really. And no. the progress has been pretty good. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I almost couldn't, I, I think asking for more, because some huge results as well, right? Beat Liverpool at home. Beat, was it a and home, Arsenal and beat Arsenal at home? Yeah. Have we beaten Spurs?
0: Beat Spurs at home? Or their <laughs> place? Can't remember somewhere. Beat Spurs two. Somewhere.
1: Beat Spurs two, 2-0 at home. Yeah. So like those are massive results. Beat Chelsea. Big results, Did we beat yeah. Chelsea? Did draw drew, drew, drew with Chelsea? But it felt like a win. That's yeah. that was that one. Uh, like, that's fantastic. And there was a, there was the loss to City, which was I mean, what are you gonna do? The two really bad losses. And then the Villa game was I uh, it feels like that's just natural stumbling block in a way. Like you're gonna get there's gonna be there's gonna be more of that game is gonna happen again.
0: Yeah, and, and that was also ten games in thirty-three days. Yeah, though, right. Because they they looked tight and after the intensity of Real Sociedad. So I, I do think. I mean, maybe we're making excuses, but I do, I do think there are reasons for all those four losses. And most mm. of the time, it's it's been progress, not perfect, not scoring enough goals, not quite. We would before we got on to to the the media stuff and the World Cup again. We were talking about like fitting the players together. How do you get because Bruno and Ericsson and Sancho, they they should all be able to play together, but it hasn't quite always worked and we're looking for the balance and in some games Bruno's played much much deeper and it's given United real balance Mm. but then not scoring enough goals and and so what and he personally is not scoring enough goals so because he's got what two this season or something Bruno and you want you want 15 from him
1: he's a fascinating he's an absolutely fascinating player Bruno Fernandes because you've got this this season where I mean, last season he was dreadful, right? For a lot of the season, and this season is he. There, there's a there's definitely a kind of another. There's a culture war around Bruno Fernandez in a way, where it's like you definitely have people that f- Bruno Haramdez and all that. Like it's all people get very frustrated with his kind of absolutely insane desire to do the most extraordinary thing at any given moment. Yeah, and but I wonder whether sort of culturally he was an amazing fit for a Solskjaer United that was going to really rely on myth-making and individual brilliance and this club. But Ten Hag, who's trying to make them a sane team, especially like a possession-oriented team, does it come a point where... Because, you know, it clearly missed him loads when he wasn't playing against Villa. But do you think... So this isn't me saying he's rubbish, because I think he's amazing in a weird way. But do you think there comes a point where... Ten Hag wants to go, OK, actually, I want to replace the kind of talismanic, insane energy of Fernandez with something more controllable and measured. A kind of like uh, upgraded Donny van der Beek figure, signif- significantly upgraded Donny van der Beek figure to play to play Dutch football. Well, I mean,
0: I think he still wants to play with a 10. So it's a question of what that 10 means. And, yeah. and the, 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 like there are not many number 10s like Bruno. And there are hardly any that are traditional like Dutch number 10s. I mean, almost none. Mm. They're, they're much more physical. They're much more players who break into the box and score goals. And and so, yeah, like w- what the balance of that is, is I don't know. I mean, last couple of games, he's pushed Bruno out into wide positions, which is still the most creative player in the side. You don't really want him there. You want him in the central areas where he's really going to affect the game. And he's not really a wide player, is he? So uh, I'm not sure that's the best route, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I guess. I, I mean, I, I I don't see a scenario yet where they like decide that they're going to change it out and they'll let Bruno go unless Bruno mm. really wanted to go and he hasn't shown the inclination yet. He um,
1: loves Man United, that lad.
0: He seems. He seems to. Seems to. Although he he kind of quite frustrated figure for much of today's game until three minutes into injury time. Of course, he. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one because it's hard to see the the perfect iteration of a Ten Hag side that's getting 60% possession and totally controlling games. Clearly that did not happen today and it did not happen in its Villa and it happen- hasn't happened in most games this season. He wants that and he's looking for the balance and he's a little bit lightweight with Eriksen in central midfield, although he's got much more control. And if he pulls Bruno back into midfield to like as a double eight, as he has done a couple of games, like Spurs game, right? You get Bruno's outstanding in that game and you get a lot more control over the ball and United function better as a team, but do you lose something creatively going forward? Of course mm, you do.
1: Yeah. And and you'd think there's enough individual quality going forward when the forwards are on song that you could do that. And it, so then it's just about like almost like a kind of player whisperer thing of like, do you know what rhythm... Rashford's in, Anthony's in, maybe Sancho comes back into the picture, Martial, Ronaldo also, I guess, to an extent, but you definitely, definitely can't play Ronaldo up front with Bruno in the middle of the park, can you? Like, that's that's. I mean, just... it doesn't work for anyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll see whether Portugal do it in the World Cup because what, Portugal actually stopped with, it stopped with good forwards, are not they?
1: Yeah. So... yeah. Talking of Bruno in the World Cup, it was quite heartening to hear him speak out overtly talking about deaths of migrant workers. So FIFA's letter has clearly not worked. You've got a very kind of prominent player speaking in post-match interviews in the game before the World Cup about the issues. It's quite something, really.
0: It is, yeah. And and we'll see what actually happens as the tournament goes ahead. I mean, FIFA have banned Denmark from wearing a human rights T-shirt, pointing to their policy of no political signs or slogans because because having human rights is a political slogan apparently like (laughs) nothing even about the the hosts and their dubious record on human rights so it'll be interesting to see whether there are players who speak up and and whether that really resonates because of course uh, 50 odd games and that's what people focus on we saw in russia in 2018 that no, that was four there was a war going on in Eastern Russia and only four years after, like a very large you know, portion of Ukraine had been annexed by Russia and um. no one talked about any of that during the World Cup. It was just about the football. And the football was great. Yeah. And we'll we'll see with this one whether it will be given no prep and still gonna be fairly warm for some of these games, whether the football's good. But but I think history tells us that people start talking about the football. I mean there was some chat be- before 2014 about what had happened mm. to some of the slums in Rio having been forcibly cleared and then all forgotten as soon as the football started.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were massive protests saying we don't want the World Cup in Brazil. Yeah, Like you've really got to do something to make Brazil not want to host a World Cup. Like that's so it's it is. And the moral relativism is a real issue in the world it's a real issue in the world the kind of othering of uh, certain kinds of human rights violations and human rights violating states versus other kinds of human rights violating states like for example a country that wants to send people seeking desperate help from escaping horrific situations to an internment camp in Rwanda as a government policy like well I don't know if you can think of any countries maybe that might be doing that or trying to do that so it's,
0: i mean there's a few who do very similar things to that well, yes quite
1: yeah but like so it's it's this is but the but the nature of this world cup and the nature of what it took to get this world cup stay well like you you talk to people who are much better placed to talk about that than me so i'm sure that's going to be a uh an a, Amazing, listen. Yeah, um, I, th-
0: I think it's okay to, almost as if, because you don't, one does not want to other a, a country and, and pretend, that, pretend that abuse and, and injustice happens, uh, doesn't happen in other parts of the world, that you, you want to say, hey, while I'm talking about Qatar, I'll also list all the other offences around the world. Yeah, There's a temptation to do that, but I think it's okay to say, look, we recognise that it's, it would be almost impossible to have a country where it'll be perfect. Yeah, I, I don't know. Name one, right? We hold it in Finland or something, right? Maybe I'm wrong about that as well. I'm not sure. But that tends to not be how World Cups are won. Like, but my point is, which I'm not making very clearly, is that like you can go, okay, yes, we recognize there are many things wrong with the world and especially Western powers that typically host these big tournaments. But in this particular case, still recognize all of that in this particular case is pretty gross Uh, how they won the world cup how they've chosen to build the infrastructure that will support the world cup not just the stadiums but the roads and the railways and stuff like that what's happened to the people who built it uh, and then what they're doing to use that as a platform for for something else and we just see manifestations of it and some, some of it's ridiculous like having groups of people like Performatively pretend to be Germany fans or Brazil fans mm. or England fans or France fans or whatever it is this week in order that the the PR project can be fulfilled. Uh, it's it is ridiculous, but that's what they're trying to do. And of course, they've got a much better, more professional sport-washing project down the road in in Paris, uh, where they've had a few years to perfect it. So. Anyway, anyway, so I'm glad so to I've... come back to your point. I'm glad Bruno said something. We'll see whether other players do. Uh, Yeah, England, for example, very specifically said they did not want to turn this into something where they would wear a t shirt. They wanted something much more than that. And what they've actually done is a patch on the on the shirt, which appears to me to be less than a t shirt. Mm. Just at least in surface area.
1: Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant listen. This is a really good series anyway. But John McKenzie from Tifo done a series on their podcast feed. Some of them are on YouTube. I don't think this one is. But it's on, it's called TIFO Talks. It's a series on the main TIFO podcast feed. An episode called When Friday Comes with James Montague. James Montague is obviously like a fascinating dude anyway. It's a brilliant conversation and the stuff about Qatar is absolutely fascinating from someone that's spent a lot of time around football in that region in general. So that is like in terms of a football person's take on that. That's an absolute must listen. So. Right. A big recommendation yeah. there. So, so what's happening
0: in the second half of the season with United, I, I, then?
1: Can I just make one more point about the first yeah, half yeah, of the yeah, season, Ten Hag good. in Go particular? So yeah. this is like brilliant. We've hired this guy, right? And he's, as the kids say, he's a bald. Like, we've got our own one. Like, our own kind of, like, technocratic kind of Dutch. Like, no hair. These are the the key things that you want of like modern hips. I mean, he's a, this guy's such a hipster manager. He managed go ahead Eagles. Like this is as hipster as it possibly gets. And his first major act as United manager was to be like, mm, wasn't didn't like what I say there, lads, you coming in Sunday for running. Like it, just, <laughs> yeah. it was so, kind of fun and unexpected and the thing I really liked it's so basic but the fact that he did the running with them is yep. is like that's the bridge between olden days that's the bridge between Brian Clough and what he would have done and Mikel Teta or whatever like it's this is there's a there's a human side to his proper football man tendency of making them run specifically the distance that they had been outrun by Brentford like
0: Sam Allardyce would have appreciated it apart yeah. from the running along with them exactly bit, he like, never would have done.
1: exactly like that's the key difference that was that was what elevated it for me as like he this is he's really hit a different yeah. platform
0: and and look alongside that before we get onto the 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 class era he the, the way he's managed the situation with Ronaldo I think Tonally has been almost perfect, right? He's clearly he is the boss and he's in control. Yeah. And he's he's indulged Ronaldo to a point because I suspect he doesn't want to be it to be completely disruptive and he's trying to control the situation, as well as the narrative, but mostly the situation within the squad. Yeah. And and he's got that almost perfect, I think. He is the boss and clearly in control. Yeah. So anyway.
1: And you know, that that villa game stumble aside. United would be would be in the top four at this point, yeah. and that might be slightly ahead of schedule. Actually, uh, maybe not because of goal difference. I think Tottenham would still have a better goal difference unless we'd beaten Villa ten nil, which seems unlikely. But the considering we actually lost, but fifth and well within striking distance of the top four. Given the those that first two games where it looked like Eric ten games, like yep. this is this is a pretty much as good and some huge results. Definitely some good feeling around the football the emergence of garnacho which is like absolute united fan fodder isn't it like that's perfect oh one more thing about the the this part of the season that i have missed having a platform to talk about and i would have just talked about every week lisandro martinez oh it's great i mean yeah. when when did we last have a better center back than lisandro when did a center back at united last have as half a season as good as lisandro martinez has just had
0: Yes, it, it's it's amazing. He, I, I don't even remember actually him actually getting out jumped for any of the goals in those first two games. But that was the thing that every pundit and his dog decided was uh, he'd never make it. I think Graham Sunes specifically said he'll never make it in this league. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic. He's he's. I mean, he's aggressive, but he's not. He's not Marcus Rocco, two footed, wildly. Smashing people's legs and toast. No. Aggressive. He's just, he's very, very active.
1: Marcus Marcus Rocco chasing after centre forwards with a fire extinguisher like he did at Bokker. I don't think it was (laughs) (laughs) centre forwards, but still. But yeah, no, I mean, he's, and he's just, his reading of the game is superb. Like he's aggressive, (laughs) but he's a real, he's clearly a kind of thinker and he's a, he just, and he looked amazing alongside Varane. I was surprised that Ten Hag didn't stick with Lindelof. Alongside him rather than Maguire, because feels like it feels like a better fit to have even like Lindelof with all his many faults, Lindelof type alongside Martinez is a centre back partnership that really makes sense to me, and Maguire type feels like i mean uh, this is also probably just wild anti Maguire bias, but it feels like there's there isn't room for him in a team like this it d- doesn't
0: feel like it when United wanna wanna control the game and you want to compress the game in order to control it's a the higher line you just can't play with Maguire. Can't just can't do it with Maguire in there. Yeah. Even if he wears his chocolate brown suit, can't do it. You're looking at me puzzled. I haven't seen you, it. You, you, haven't, you haven't seen the you haven't seen it. Front cover of the Times magazine.
1: Maguire special. in a Maguire in a nice suit. He's I mean in a, this... so,
0: what looks like some kind
1: of velvet brown suit. This is, all right, okay, I'm just going to have to get my phone out Uh, there. Immediately start thinking about the Mason Mount one, right? Because that was was quite a look. Have you seen Mason Mount's giant oversize suit at the Wakanda Forever preview? Looked like the guy from Talking Heads video.
0: So we're going to come back from the World Cup. Straight into the EFL Cup crunch fixture against Burnley. I believe. Right. It's been scheduled for that week, but I don't think they've actually set a time for that game. And we'll see how many games we, players we've got for that one because looking down like United's list of players, Bruno, Casemiro, Anthony, Dallo, Martinez, Maguire, Shaw, Eriksen, Varane, Rashford, Ronaldo, Fred, Melassia, Those are going to the World Cup. The players who aren't players that mostly Ten Hag hates, <laughs> Van der Beek, Wijnaldum, but uh, Langer, Lindelöf, McTominay, San- Sancho, yeah, they'll all be at the uh, the training camp in in Spain. Anthony Martial. So, I um, mean, it's an interesting group. Yeah, that's all going to be funny games, isn't it?
1: I'm sorry, <laughs> so, I'm really, I was trying really hard to listen to you, but I've just found the picture of Maguire in a suit, and it yeah. looks really funny. <laughs> He's pulling an amazing facial expression. Superb.
0: Intensely staring at the camera.
1: Whilst trying to do a no-look-keepy-up. He's definitely just miscontrolled this ball, by the way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's just bounced off his shin, yeah. Amazing stuff.
1: Surely he can't actually hate Van der Beek, though, given that he was a sort of central player in his team for quite some time.
0: He said this week that it's up to it's up to him. He has to he has to prove himself or go elsewhere or whatever the words were, or he can just leave. Something like that, <laughs> quite dismissive of him. And and I suspect, given that he refuses to play Aaron Wambasaka, whatever happens, yeah. uh, wambasaka will be sold very shortly. I mean, you know, it would be amazing if he doesn't leave in January because he's not he's had four minutes all season.
1: Remember when I was absolutely convinced he was a tremendous signing?
0: Yeah, well, someone else will be too. So it's it's time for the lad to to remake his career, and Donny just got to go somewhere else. Sure, I mean back
1: to Ajax, just, right? Just go back to Ajax and crush it. Like, that's,
0: yeah, it probably s- should.
1: Seems like that would actually be quite fun. Is he in the Dutch? He's not in the Dutch squad. In the Dutch squad, not surprising really. He's no, playing he's, played. Yeah,
0: and there were some interesting players that didn't make it. Around birch didn't, a talented young player. He's obviously not been sort of making it every week at Bayern. Although um, Martin Vikos did, doesn't really seem like a Louis player. Eight foot, nine of him.
1: Louis Uh, likes, uh, he likes uh, a little, he likes the odd bit of, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just last minute. I saw Karl Anker's Tifo video about Cody Gekpo, which was really good. There's going to be a lot of United fans watching Cody Gekpo at this, going, we should sign him, right? Yeah, but he'd be our 12th player who wants to play off the (laughs) left. (laughs) But Louis's playing in number 10, so... He'd be our third player who wants to play at number 10. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, always
0: looking for the balance. Just
1: need a striker. Right? Just if, just need a striker. Do you that's, think that's, there's, there's no way United are buying a striker in January, right? I don't think
0: so. I mean, they've already, I think, Ten Hag was fairly clear that United broke their initial budget to spend all the money in the summer, and it was mm. a lot. So unless there's a striker who's out there for free or cheap that they're Many, many eight hundred scouts and revamped scouting department have found. Or he can make the argument that United need it in order to guarantee Champions League football. Mm. Maybe they would break the budget; it'd be out of type, wouldn't it? But uh, thinking... it would it would be a big difference. And I think the 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 question will also be asked. That question is also going to be asked of Chelsea: Do they spend money in the winter in order to try and push for the top four? Do Newcastle, yeah. Do, who could? I, I'm just going to use the word gamble, but maybe it isn't a gamble. Maybe he's free and playing it? well.
1: He's playing with yeah. house money.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um. The, the thing about Chelsea is they might sign Ronaldo.
0: Well, Tuchel didn't want him. I don't know. We'll oh, see but they the got rid of the then,
1: then Tuchel <laughs> should have wanted him. He might still have a job. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: Because uh, Todd Bowley knows best.
1: Yeah, Todd Bowley was sad on the WhatsApp group or whatever. I so. Uh, January is always crazy. Surely this time around, it's going to be even more impossible, given there's a World Cup immediately beforehand. That that seems like I don't know how you conduct any of those logistics at all.
0: I mean, yeah, I've I've no idea.
1: And the market, um, the marketplace, because the only the only clubs with any money, Todd Bowley at Chelsea, he's still got some commitment to invest some amount of money based on the terms of the sale. Well, I know that's in infrastructure and things like that, but you'd imagine some of that's also in the playing squad. I, I don't know how any of that gets enforced. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Like... <laughs> it's a good point. We're taking it back off you and giving it to Roman Abramovich again.
0: Yeah, quite. So but but he does seem to and and he's got private equity investors. They do seem to want to somehow make money back on their purchase, which seems very difficult from this point of view. But I mean, yeah. maybe they have a long-term plan that doesn't involve Super League. Then you've we'll got see.
1: you've got the state-run clubs who could all have money, but you'd imagine City yeah. aren't going to really spend them, although they lost to Brentford, so maybe they'll buy another Erling Haaland or whatever. But the market, I mean, Barcelona did whatever they did in the summer and didn't even make the knockout stages of the Champions League. In fact, they yeah. we, we've got to play them now is yep. in a kind of weird football purgatory match where it's like barcelona, it can't be more. <laughs> barcelona and manchester united you are being punished for your crimes you are being punished for your hubris <laughs> you now have to play well, that... each other to get into a competition neither of you want to be in
0: <laughs> oh that's right i mean
1: like ha- what, what what
0: what could say you failed more than europa league playoff <laughs>
1: Yeah, from 11 years on, from that, I guess it'll be almost 12 years since they met in the Champions League final and haven't...
0: You done failed, lads.
1: Endured a relatively similar descent from fortune since then, ignoring the fact that Barcelona have won several league titles and a Champions League and things since then. And United have just plummeted. Uh, But... Well, that's true, but
0: Barcelona did that by spending a billion pounds or euros of money that wasn't theirs to
1: spend. That's true. I mean, Fergie always said he wanted United to be closer to Barcelona. And we talked about that. It was like a big kind of running theme on the first five years of our podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How do we bridge the gap?
1: Yeah, we've done it. (laughs) We've finally done it. Just wait for the mediocrity to catch up with them too. So uh, assuming no changes, the second half of this season is going to be utterly fascinating because like you say Newcastle are a legitimate force to be reckoned with at this point. Arsenal I'm sorry about this but I have to say these words out loud because they're apparently what I'm about to say is true this Is it actually happening I feel like this must be your fault in some way like How? we did this podcast for years and Arsenal were never top of the league I left and left <laughs> it in your care and then somehow now Arsenal
0: are top of the league. I, I keep waiting for them to Arsenal it up and they haven't done yet. I mean, they they have been, I mean, I know Party was injured for a bit of this season, quite a lot of this season, but the depth beyond their first 11 is not much. No, it's, I mean, there's nothing there. And so I'm, I'm kind of waiting for injuries to happen, but they might not. They didn't to Leicester in 2016 or mm, whatever it was. Yeah. So, and and also like, who's the worst devil here? Do Do we want the state run club to win it or the billionaires play thing to win it. There's,
1: there's one reason which we won't talk about why I really wouldn't want Arsenal to win this league title. And we're not allowed to talk about it. But that's the, that's the one reason. Although if it wasn't for that, I think it'd be dead simple for me. Be like, don't really want Arsenal to win stuff. But it's much funnier if Arsenal win the league than if Man City win the league. So for that reason, you've got to... Like, if you can't get the good thing that you want to happen, the funnier thing is surely the better option. Surely. Yeah. Especially with Haaland. Because he's so... I've gone with Haaland and Haaland in quick succession there. Who knows? It's something. He's so good. It's like... It's cheating. He's too good and too big. It's too you can't be that good and that big. you have to pick one or the other. But if they somehow sign that player having just won the league and then Arsenal win the league, (laughs) that is definitely kind of alternate universe stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I can't work out how Arsenal have only conceded 11 goals with the defenders they've got. I mean, they've all improved so much. And Ben White are right back. And the balance doesn't seem to be right, but it does seem to be right. Yeah, And Odegaard has turned into a much better player than I thought he was. And Uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about Arsenal too much, but they've won the Apertura. Yeah, well
1: played. Well played, Arsenal. mm, First ever British Apertura champions. It's very short, the Apertura, isn't it? It's only... Also, yeah, all the it's teams, only a third of the season. Yeah, yeah. All, all the teams don't play the same number of games in this Apertura, which also doesn't seem fair. So Tottenham, I mean, it looks it looks like everything's going to catch up with Tottenham, but it always looks like everything's going to catch up with Conte teams, and then sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. So you'd you'd imagine some drop-off. But I also cannot imagine Liverpool having as bad a second half of the season as they've had a first half of the season. No, I'm sure they won't.
0: And I, I'm just looking for them to find a balance. I mean, that one, Nunez is an interesting one is in that he's kind of awkward, but he scores brilliant goals, and makes brilliant stuff happen. Yeah. And they've just been trying to ram too many players in there. So, so it's like Nunez, Jota and Diaz don't all fit, especially if you want yeah. Salah to have space. And so the the balance looks better when they play Firmino, even though he's uh, you know, clearly not as good as those other players. Yeah. But yeah, so if they find that right balance and find the run, they'll probably buy someone in midfield. You expect them to have a bet, better second half of the season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really tight, I think. Chelsea. I, I don't know what Chelsea will do. Chelsea but, are yeah.
1: eighth in the league at the yeah. moment. Like that's like, I just think that the, the entire top 10 is so Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford. It looks like a weird football manager save. Five years in the future, where things have gone in a very weird direction, kind of thing.
0: Well, it might be the last season that we don't have to just watch City and Newcastle winning everything. So,
1: yeah, Liverpool are for sale. That's the thing that happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: they they are for sale. Uh, FSG. I, I mean, I guess this means that Super League is properly dead. They don't think it'll ever it'll ever happen because mm. that was clearly there. They've realised this is peak value. So, unlike the Glazers, they are actually not that dumb with money. Uh, and so yeah so it's it it doesn't mean it's going to happen quickly i don't think i mean especially there there aren't that many people who want to buy a football club where there's no guarantee of profits and spend four or five billion pounds on it
1: it it feels to me like a much more when you set a market for something this feels like much closer to giving you a sense of what it would take to buy united than the chelsea purchase because because a chelsea are they're not the same scale? They are a big club globally.
0: No, I mean, so, and it was two and a half billion, the final sale price there. And it, it was, I, I some people called call that a distressed sale, but I don't think that was. It was, there were more than 20 parties interested. It's not like they're all bargain hunting. Right. I think that was probably about the right price. See, they made commitments for other stuff on stadium and so on, but it's kind of felt like that was a PR message than a real part of the purchase
1: price. Presumably. It, that you you would have got more money for them if you didn't absolutely have to sell the club, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. But there was, there was a lot of interest, right. which will tell you something about the level of interest that are likely to be in Liverpool as well, a bigger global name. Although, if you look at commercial partnerships, of course, we're all dwarfed by City, who... <laughs> don't know how brilliant marketing department have leveraging the fact that they are only about being a local club and seem to have got all these, well, I was going to say global partnerships, but that's not really true either. Quite, quite. Very, very specifically local partnerships, not in East Manchester.
1: How long before Tezos goes? bust by the way like or turns yeah, yeah turns out right. they've got an eight billion hole i'm not by the way i am not just you want to make sure i'm not trying to create a run on the market here i have no insider <laughs> right. information i'm just making a joke about ftx
0: you, you're saying that once <laughs> that's going to spread throughout the internet the crypto bros are freaking out and offloading their billions right now and that
1: is what happened to ftx isn't it like uh-huh. just, just yep. the guy from binance was like mm, not sure about these boys and like he was right but also he's the guy from binance <laughs> Good, good industry. It's all fine.
0: Yeah, nothing nothing wrong there. Yeah, football, I was going to say sport, but very specifically football, although it is uh, wider, has an interesting decision to make about how much money it wants to take from some of these players. I mean, in the case of Fulham, I've forgotten what the name of the company is called. There just weren't any... Any real people there at all the, the LinkedIn profile of the CEO Had a fake picture on it Of wow. some like stock photo And I've, I can't yeah Anyway I'd, I'd be slandering them If I remembered their name <laughs> So it's a good job I can't <laughs> yeah. There's so much dodgy stuff Yeah I Going mean, around about some of these companies
1: the, the FTX thing is really interesting In a sports sense So anybody that doesn't know FTX was was I guess A big crypto trading site trading So life. like yeah Like people that's where you would buy and sell and cash out and all those kinds of things. And people had a lot of money in that. But they also have another company that was owned, the same company called Alameda Research. And it looks like bad things happened with the money behind the scenes. But this, this is relevant to sport because this sponsorship is on everything. And it's the same thing that happened. It's not on the same scale, this next thing I'm going to talk about is much smaller, but you know, there was that like betting exchange thing for players, some player stock market game where the value of the player would go up or down based on how many people bought Football index, yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing where you buy market trust with advertising, not even marketing, just advertising. If you just put your name in a lot of stuff, people see it and go, oh, I've heard of that. It must be safe. I've heard of it.
0: Well, that's the thing with crypto. It's only based on... That contract, that social contract, we yeah. all believe it. And as soon as you don't believe it's true, there's nothing else to back it up. It's not like it's backed by a, a central bank going, "Yes, this, this, this note." that you're exchanging for things we will back that with yeah actual or a bar of gold or yeah. some coal well, or,
1: bar of gold or... a long time ago in it to be fair there's not there's too many cash that you can, that's been backed by a bar of gold anymore
0: hey look if my crypto was also backed by a warehouse full of gold bars i'd feel a lot more comfortable <laughs> about it wouldn't you
1: yeah i would i might i would actually probably feel slightly more comfortable if my cash was too but that's maybe <laughs> well, that's another right. economic conversation so uh, i put a little shout out for questions because for that'd be fun seems like a long time and i asked that they would ideally not be united related because i've seen about four united games this season so that's that would be better but friend of the show rich williams says what's harry Maguire's best position i really enjoyed that little throwback little throwback very good i think he's on the
0: front of the sunday times (laughs) magazine yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, doing that weird little flick with the back of his foot alex she asks is it acceptable to trust argentinians again after getting burned so many times before we're in love again with another argentinian footballer happens every time
0: as long as in a couple of years' time, he doesn't agitate for a move to Liverpool. Uh, it's all right. It's all good.
1: Yeah, so you've got Heinze, who tried to go to Liverpool. Tevez, who said, oh, I definitely won't go to Liverpool. I love United too much. And then went to <laughs> City and just spent the whole time trolling Fergie. Marcus Rocco never did no one no wrong. And Nangel Di f- <laughs> Yeah, Except forwards yeah. and toast. And, uh... The toast industry he... <laughs> Bread. Yeah, he really committed a lot of harm to brains against brains, and then of course Angel de Maria, who let's say did not enjoy his time in Manchester,
0: really, really did not enjoy his time in Manchester, and really, really wanted to make sure everyone knew that. But legitimately, many years afterwards,
1: legitimately, I've always had some slight sympathy for him because I feel like if you're going to take 2014. Angel de Maria, and you're gonna say, who is the single worst high profile manager you could possibly be working for at this point? So Louis Van Hal hates South Americans for some strange reason. Definitely hates players who don't do exactly what he says all the time. No way. Yeah. Alan Tucker says, a very burning question. What's your favorite Simpsons episode? So Great question. I'm going to go... You better
0: answer that one, because I don't watch a lot of Simpsons, I'm afraid.
1: Lisa the Vegetarian is, of course, a classic, featuring you don't make friends with salad, and the ham flying through the air, and Homer saying it's just a little dirty, it's still good, it's still good, which is how I have felt all the way through the post-Vergie United era. <laughs> it's like, And then the five alarm chilly one where Homer meets the space coyote, which was very relevant to me and my lifestyle at the time. And, yeah, and all the other questions about cricket. So we'll probably skip them. Oh, yeah. And and one last one from Augustine N. Dexter, who says, when will you start watching games again? <laughs> it's like, we'll see how the January transfer window goes. Eh, <laughs> let's just say I've watched a lot more games this season.
0: Classic, classic Paul, absolute Fairweather fan. Only yeah. supports United when they're doing well.
1: I only support United when they sell arguably the best player that's ever played for them. <laughs> like, someone once said, like, being a United fan, it's more than just, uh, you've got to support all the players. You can't pick and choose. You might as well go and support PSG. Like, no, like the player I really don't like is the is the the one player that you could actually see playing for PSG in our squad. So I don't think that that holds logic.
0: Well, the second half of the season may clarify some of that. At least next summer
1: definitely will. Yeah. And the other
0: wrong one in the squad, alleged to be decided by a court of law. Yeah, well, yeah we haven't talked about him much, but it's uh, not much to say until Things happen that is not a good situation
1: not a good situation at all and i actually one thing like i've seen quite a lot of criticism of united around this but yeah exactly i feel like they're not in a position that to me they've not done anything that you would consider egregious yet like like, there's plenty of time for that to happen but yeah all right nice to talk to you i think
0: yeah extra bonus episode yeah paul paul Paul, maybe we'll see you in five or six months time yeah
1: i reckon probably should have like told the people that have started listening to this podcast in the last year who (laughs) why um why who's this why is this guy here he doesn't seem to know anything about united anyway it's too late now
0: Uh, it's too late
1: the back catalogs out there improved i've been consistently somewhere yeah been consistently not knowing anything about united for more than 10 years to 10 when did we start we started in the summer of
0: 2009
1: nine yeah and you're still going long
0: time talking nonsense into a microphone still going somehow
1: keep it up all right nothing better
0: to do with my life that's the thing so (laughs) all right might as well we'll
1: be back with a cricket podcast sometime in the summer
0: (laughs) all right world (laughs) champions
1: yeah all right bye now take care